Hi, this is Ann Cavero with episode 6 of Speeding Past 80, People Power. How much power does the average person have? Today, while the world is spinning out of control, I'm thinking back to the year 2000. More than a few of us thought the world could end in chaos at the turn of the millennium. I had our Y2K shelf ready to go just in case all the computers in the world disintegrated. I'd stocked up on lots of canned beans and several cans of sardines and mustard sauce. Don't judge. We're talking foods with plenty of nutrition for survival. I hoped there would be enough power left to heat the beans. I had to take care of my family. Jim and the kids said I would have to eat the sardines. We were caring for my mother at the time, and we had little control over where we went or what we did outside of work because of her frail health. We were glad to do what we could for her, but still I had a feeling of helplessness where life was concerned. We had no control over what was happening in the world or even in our own house. All that changed one night at dinner when the phone rang. As soon as I heard a friendly voice mispronounce my name and ask how I was that fine evening, I braced for a pitch for storm windows, aluminum siding, or even a cemetery plot. I thought if the cemetery plot people this time were offering a buy one, get one free deal, I might even consider it. Instead, the caller asked if our family might like to be a Nielsen family for a week. My heart skipped a beat. I knew about the Nielsen company. They did surveys to find out what people were watching on TV. The networks gave more support to shows with higher ratings, while ones with lower ratings might even be canceled. Now here was this reputable company offering us the power to help decide which shows stayed on TV. I jumped at the chance to upgrade the quality of American life. They asked how many TVs we had and said they would be sending four little journals, one for each of the TVs in our house. I did not mention we had never bothered to get cable or a satellite dish. So, no votes from us for the home shopping network or the movie channels. I also left out the fact that Grandma was nearly deaf, so we watched a lot of Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy, and Antiques Roadshow, all of which can still be enjoyed without hearing much of anything. In fact, if somebody brought in a truly ugly antique and Grandma saw the outrageous sum of money flash across the bottom of the screen, she would say, Yeah, but how are you going to find the one person willing to pay that much for it? Good point. Within a week or so, we received our four journals. Each journal had 54 spaces for filling in all the channels we watched. Well, three of our four TVs still had aluminum foil wrapped around the rabbit ears. The fourth one, our main TV, was hooked up to the only rooftop antenna left in the neighborhood. We filled in seven channels, five of which were clear in good weather. One of us said that by the time the Nielsen people realized with whom they were dealing, they'd find a special bin for our journals. Jim, Grandma, and the kids who were still living at home and I took our power as a Nielsen family very seriously. This was our one chance to have an impact on a national scale. If a show came on we thought was crude or worthless, we quickly switched to PBS and watched Great Museums of the World just to pump up the opposition ratings. Though we did wonder, if Grandma fell asleep in the middle of a show, did her vote count? 
For that matter, did they have a category for the shows all of us slept through? Our week as a Nielsen family ended much too soon. Once again, we were found among the powerless. A year or two later, we got another call from the Nielsen Company asking if we'd like to be a Nielsen family again. We agreed and waited for our journals. The little journals never came. Instead, we got a very nice note thanking us, but saying we would not be needed that second time. After our week as a Nielsen family, we thought about the quality of the shows we watched. This brought up a question about how we spend our time. As Parker J. Palmer writes in How to Heal Our Divides, we must know what's inside us, shadow and all, and be thoughtful about what we put into the outer world. We claim to be people of peace and love, so the question we had to ask was, would anyone who knew us think the lives we were living were a show worth watching? In How to Heal Our Divides, Brian Elaine has gathered meaningful essays by people who are working to make a difference. Individually, we may feel powerless. It's easier to be a force for change when we join with others. How to Heal Our Divides is available on Amazon, and it's a good read. Jim and I have a book of stories like the ones you're hearing. Our book is called Grounded in God. It's available from Ligori Publications and Amazon. This is Ann Cavero with Speeding Past 80. Join me again next Tuesday for more stories of faith, hope, love, and laughter.